do it. Welcome back, everybody. Welcome back. My gosh. You know, Coach Danger had that winning mentality, man. Coach Danger was just one of the first person, I would say, borderline just arrogant. You know, just that, that character. Hey, we good, man. Anybody who is um, not better than us, they won't beat us. But you cold. You cold, man. You've been cold, you cold. since kids, kids. Jermaine now been cold. cold. Now you kids. cold. Now you cold. Now you cold. <laughs> we cold water. <laughs> right. Y'all give, give a room then. Come on. And bro, we used cold. to kick it every day. When that man get off that bus, and then they, 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 they bro, pull it down and drop me off. We'll go and drop our backpacks out and we'll come outside and look at each other like, what's up, man? What you want to do? You can argue with me. You can't argue with the number. You can't argue with the number. Argue with me. I'll argue with me all day. Oh, man. I just, all right. Not, not now. Go look at the number. So if, I, if, if I'm lying, I'm flying and I'm, and, I'm, and I'm real fat, man. I can't fly yeah, it. In the church, say everything you need, you can find it in the word of God. That's an old Cortez song, right? So, um, <laughs> yeah. So, um, so, if we believe that, then what I'm dealing with with mental health is supposed to be in there too. Was I good enough to play in the WNBA? Maybe, maybe not. But I also had another option to make money yeah. and to make good money and still be able to do what I love. Like, man, like I got family members that, that struggle, you see what I'm saying? And like, just to be able to to change their trajectory, you know what I'm saying? Like change, change their path, but like, like break the, break the cycle on, on, on them living like that. You see what I'm saying? Like that's my motivation. Like, so I'll, I'll bring credit. I'm gonna freeze it for a second. I just feel like. <laughs> so um, hey, but 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 the difference is too is like, and I know we'll get to this later. But when you buying that car, they're gonna find a way to squeeze you in that car. If your debt to credit ratio is too high with the house. That's going to affect your buying power. Uh, I'm always be the better candidate in whatever I do, man. I ain't mad at that at all. And, and what and whatever I do, and uh, and one thing about it, whatever I do, I'm gonna have to. Everybody had the same mentality that I have, but that didn't do nothing but open the door for someone else. Because you may feel like that with your approach, but the people that I'm helping love the way that I do things. Is he froze? I'm, I'm good. I'm here. Thank you, man. What you mean, he's from? What's happening? What's up? What up? What up? Y'all doing all right? It was about a month of Sundays, man. <laughs> Two weeks feel like a long time, huh? Yeah, yeah man, man. I swear. Been a couple hump days around this thing. I know. Yeah. Yep. So um welcome back, y'all, to another episode of Sticks and Stones. You're here with Egypt and Mac. We are here um to sit down with Dr. J. Edwards. So I'm gonna turn it over to Mac, let him do the introduction. We're gonna jump right into it. Yeah, man. Tonight we're back for another special episode of Sticks and Stones. This uh episode 15. I think we like 20 weeks in, but official episodes, uh, episode 15, entitled Right and Wrongs with Dr. Jessica Elks. So tonight we had a honor and pleasure to sit in dialogue with one of Coldwater's own, a CHS alumni, as well as an alumni of Spelman and Washington State University. He's also a writing professor, editor, and advocate for inclusive practices. So without further ado, we 
would like to welcome Dr. Jessica Edwards to Sticks and Stones. Hi. <laughs> what is up? Hey, y'all. <laughs> Jessica, how you doing? I'm doing well. How are you all? Good. Time. Long, <laughs> long time no see, classmate. It is. It's, it's such a pleasure to be on, on this this episode, uh, episode 15, this platform with you all, with my classmate, and also, uh, what would we call it, schoolmates, uh, mm -hmm. <laughs> Ian Jig, too. So it's, it's good to see all of you tonight. Um, it's, it's my pleasure, for sure. It's good to see you as well. We're honored, happy to have you. So we appreciate you taking time to uh, sit with, sit and talk with us. Definitely. Thank yeah. you for making time for me too. I appreciate the the invitation. I don't take that lightly at all. Oh yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. So uh, we're gonna drop right into it. So we don't we don't we don't like to waste time on this show. So all right, all right. We're gonna jump right into the interview. Okay. Let's go. I'm ready. I'm ready. Well, well you know, I, I don't ask a question until Mac asks one, so I have to let him go first. Yeah. Okay. It's kind of, it's already, see, you already started, bro. So, all right, cool. So, growing up in cold water, how, how would you describe your childhood? Mm. Well, that's a loaded question. I, I am uh, first going to say uh, shout out to everyone. This is Holy Week. Uh, shout out to everyone who is practicing or some type of sacred practice, uh, Lent, Passover, Ramadan. Uh, that's definitely uh, something I'd like to share. And that definitely is in uh, sort of line with my childhood. Uh, church <laughs> was a huge, huge part of, of my childhood. And so um, I am very, very thankful for my parents and uh, my grandparents, uh, my grandparents were actually sharecroppers. Uh, and so I think uh, their sort of uh, experiences uh, definitely informed uh, my parents' experiences. And so um, my parents uh, were first generation college students and went on to become, my mom uh, became a, a speech pathologist, my dad a, a science teacher. And so they both were very much uh, instrumental in helping me to stay sort of uh, grounded, uh, particularly uh, with with church. And so um, I attended Bates Chapel, CME Church, uh, right there on the corner of Pine and Short. So if you're ever in the area, you need a place to go. Um, that's that's a good place to go. Um, Bates Chapel was sort of a space that um, helped me to cultivate a lot of different things. Um, and it actually was. Um, the space of uh, my first educational center, which was Head Start. So at the time, uh, Head Start was at um, Bates Chapel, uh, CME Church. So I sort of had uh, sort of a connectedness of a sort of church and, and school uh, starting out. So that question uh, makes me think about my very early beginnings with uh, considering just who I am and I come from, uh, come from that line of people who are very much entrenched in, uh, in uh, a, a strong faith. And so that's a part of it for sure. <clears throat> did um, I get to the question? <laughs> no, you did. Oh, yeah. <laughs> but, uh, 
I, I think you don't mind me sharing this. Also, used to see you down at uh, Hill Chapel on, on Stage Road with your grandmother. Absolutely. You know about it, Jig. Okay, so yes, Hills Chapel <laughs> uh, certainly was a part of my upbringing. And I, I would be remiss, too, if I didn't talk a little bit about um, Hills Chapel as a place that uh, cultivated me and helped me. Uh, Hills Chapel AME Church, um, which is uh, on Stage Road. And so that road, uh, if you all know anything about the road, that's it's a very windy road. Uh, it's a road that uh, my grandmother actually uh, let me drive on, which was kind of, um, yeah. Was I, don't, <laughs> I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> potholes and all. <laughs> and potholes and all, absolutely. Eric grew up about an hour south. Uh huh. Yeah. Yeah. West. West. <laughs> you said West. Yeah, West. <laughs> That's true. That's true. That is so true. So y'all know. <laughs> what I wanted to get to um, as well, Jessica, is outside of your mom and dad, um, who would you say from Coldwater were, I guess, some of your biggest influences and had a uh, hand in shaping your life? Oh, my goodness. Uh, so, so many people. Um, I'm thinking back. I mentioned Head Start early on. Um, my first teachers were uh, outside of the home were uh, Miss Joyce Blackman and Miss Irma Mosley. Um I'm thinking back to kindergarten, Ethel Fox and uh, Miss uh, Carolyn Shedd. Uh, so I've early on had some really, really great people in my life. Coach um, uh, Reggie Hankerson uh, early on. So I'm remembering people who uh, definitely shaped the early beginnings and I cannot forget uh, those people. Um, I'm thinking also about uh, people who are part of life outside of school, like uh, Miss uh, W.G. Moore and uh, Mr. Crowther and Mrs. Crowther. Uh, and when I think about uh, sort of my trajectory um, and what I ended up going into, I think about uh, Miss Sharon Morgan, for instance, uh, and other people who are, um, who are literature sort of aficionados and really, really, really talked about language and the, the function of language. Um, when I think about what I went into uh, for languaging, I think about also Mrs. Um, Fanelia Brown, who was very influential in uh, helping me to craft my uh, educational materials for scholarships uh, later on in, in my high school career. Yeah, yeah Jay, you've always been sharp. Um, I'll say that. And from, from what I'll I know about what I know about you and your family and, you know, just growing up around you all. I know you mentioned church earlier. Um, you guys actually fellowship with us a little bit in youth days. I don't know if you remember that or not. We were um, Baptists. You guys were AME. Still, we just, you know, collided and, and connected and, and fellowship, you know, as youth or whatever. <clears throat> but um, as you kind of navigated the cold water way, I, I would like to say, and you can correct me if I'm wrong, but um, your household had a higher standard than the average household in Coldwater. I, I, I think that's fair to say, <laughs> educationally, <laughs> academically. <laughs> so, what? Uh, <laughs> all this news to you? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> okay, okay, <all> right. <laughs> keep, keep explaining, okay. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So, so kind of touch on, you know, um, well, give us an example of something that, you know, you like to do at home that was, you know, kind of, now that you look back, is academically driven or something that you were obligated to do at home 
that's helped you become the person you are today? Mm. So uh, one of the things that I guess my parents were really, really good about was actually uh, exposure. So thinking about exposing us to different activities or things outside of school or outside of um, outside of our norm. And so I can remember uh, quite vividly going to, uh, my mother is a Jackson State University alum, and she, along with Miss uh, Gracie Pitts, would come and <laughs> take us to um, the Southern Heritage Classic and other kinds of events that were around the area that were really enriching. So it was sort of neat to see different people that looked like us that were enjoying the scene, but also very much um, smart and intelligent and movers and shakers in their own right. Uh, so that's one way. Um, my church is a connectional church also. And so uh, one thing about that is that it uh, exposes us to um, conferences and different things that are outside of, of Mississippi. So um, I'm remembering now, I remember taking my first um, flight uh, to go to a conference when I was like 15. And that was sort of a, a thing uh, for me to be on an airplane at that age in the, let's see, I don't want to date myself too much. I'm like, was that the 90s? <laughs> uh, <laughs> early 2000s. Um, and so, so yeah, so that kind of exposure was really, really um, important and um, really great for my development um, as, a, as a person. And to kind of take that further, uh, at Coldwater High School, I feel like we had a lot of opportunities too that were um, not necessarily uh, uh, connected to the actual campus. So I can remember like people like Coach Rayford coming to our campus uh, yeah, with Rayford. the trio program. You remember Mr. Rayford? Oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> yep. Mr. Rayford. Mr. Rayford used to walk those halls faithfully. Mm -hmm. Yes, creasing the iron, not a, not a wrinkle nowhere. A lot, a lot of us didn't appreciate Mr. Rayford. You know, case we, we in the three-piece suit. Yeah. Three-piece suit with the old spice. Mm -hmm. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. He, he, yes. brought a lot, he brought a lot of wheels into the uh, to cold water. I actually forgot about him until you just said that. Crazy. He totally did. Yes. And I don't know if you all were on. We um I remember us taking a trip. It was an educational trip to like Birmingham or something like it was Birmingham. Yeah, um, yes, and it was the first time that I stayed at the Embassy Suites. I remember thinking, oh my God, this is amazing. Yeah. Like we had, it was like the exposure of like just showing us here's life outside of where we are. Um, and I remember us visiting campuses while we were there too. So, um, so yeah, my parents definitely exposed me to different things outside of the of space, but there were also things happening. Um, at our own school that um, were useful and enriching. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah I, I think we took some of those things for granted because uh, we actually went to the, uh, what was it, the um, NASA aircraft space, aerospace deal over in Alabama? Yeah. yeah. yeah we went to that. Was that the same was, trip? No, Miss Ball, I think, took us on that trip. That was a different trip, I believe. So I remember going to that as well. Yeah. I did too. I remember Miss Ball being one of the um, hosts or chaperones on that trip because she was mm -hmm. on me tough about going and uh you know we, we didn't appreciate things like that back then we didn't know but a mm -hmm. lot of that exposure makes a difference for sure 
So, so Jessica, do you feel, do you or did you feel subject to scrutiny uh, based on your father being the mayor? If so, how did that impact you? If not, how are you able to prevent it from impacting? Mm -hmm. Well, I, I definitely anticipated a question like this one. So it made me think about uh, what, my, what my dad sort of represented. So my dad actually is the first black mayor um, of Coldwater, Mississippi. So that within itself is sort of like a definite milestone. I'm certainly uh, proud of him. Yeah, <laughs> and everything uh, he's able to achieve. And so um, with his um, election did come things. Uh, so uh, when I was very small, there was a, a cross actually burned in our yard um, a little bit after uh, the election happened. Luckily, we weren't home uh, when it happened, but that kind of gives you an idea of the climate. So of, what, um, what year, what I don't mean to interrupt you, but I just want to, uh, what year was this when he was- I, I, I never knew that, never heard of it. Yeah, this I want to give context to the early 90s to, yes. to this explanation, like context of when this actually happened. So that's- this, Yeah, yeah. So this was, I mean, not the 60s, not the 50s, obviously. Um, so yeah, this was definitely in the 90s and that, that happened. Um, so that's sort of the the climate um, of when it happened. So while we're excited and jubilant and really, really looking forward to all the things that he was um, working to do, there was that. Um, and then um, at the same time, there was a, a lot of support, uh, certainly a lot of support for, uh, for our family and what we were um, working to do for the community. But there were also other things that... Um, were a little difficult to navigate, um, especially most of the time when people had, say, uh, difficulties or problems, say, uh, with their garbage can or something small like that, right? So that there would be um, the, uh, sometimes people would tell me or ask me, you know, when can your dad do this? Or when can that happen? And that definitely, um, took a toll not only on me but on my parents my mom and my sister as well who are also in the in the school system and in community circles and so um, one of the things that we did as a family uh, certainly I think that being grounded in our faith uh, helped to to move past those kinds of things and to realize um, what really matters but we're also uh, big on um discipline and thinking about uh, practices that allow us to really come back to our core um, and, and to who we are and what we're about. And so um, so I would say, yes, there were some uh, challenges along the way. Um, and that definitely uh, helped, to, helped to make me who I am. I'm a very disciplined person, a very um, matter of fact, um, if I make a goal, I'm planning to reach it uh, type person. And I think I do think that has something to do with the challenges of, and the, and the joys too, of what it was like uh, growing up the way that I did. Yeah, I, I definitely, uh, when my mom working uh, under your dad, was I'm able to identify with you as far as uh, 
getting the notes about water bills and and all that kind of stuff. So yeah, I'm, I'm with you on that. You um, feel it, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and also, uh, I got a chance to really kind of um, uh, be groomed by your dad a lot by being around the city hall and all that. Um, but we want to move into education just a little bit. So we know you come from a family of educators. And uh, I was just going to ask, like, when did it hit you that you knew you wanted to continue on in that legacy and uh, being a uh, being a career educator? Mm -hmm. um, it wasn't for me that did not come until probably my sophomore year of college. And so I I thought that I was going to school to be a lawyer. Uh, for whatever reason, I just knew that that was going to be um, my sort of pathway. And then um, I got one of my professors pulled me aside and she was like, hey, you should think about this program. Um, it was called the, the uh, Mellon Fellows. And she was like, you should think about this fellowship program. And so I took a look at the program and I thought about like, well, who are the professors that I know or who are the teachers that I know? And I know so many uh, from my own parents to uh, my cousin, uh, Sharon Johnson, actually, uh, Lantina, Angela, <laughs> like basically I, I grew up around teachers. And so, as you mentioned, so I was thinking, well, um, I know teachers, um, what professors do I know? And I started to think about Miss W.G. Moore and Miss uh, Deborah Wilburn. And I was like, okay, well, there are definitely uh, cold water people who are out there teaching and doing the thing, even at the collegiate level. So I think I can, I can maybe do this. So it was around sophomore year. I was introduced to that program. The program was geared toward actually helping um, students become professors. So thinking about the professorate. And so that's something that I, uh, jumped on and it ended up being just a part of my life in ways that I probably I wouldn't have guessed uh, in high school at all. Yeah. <clears throat> you actually answered my next question about what was your initial plan. It was to be a lawyer. Um, and now that you have your PhD in English, it's still not out of um, the realm. So do you think that maybe one day you'll still pursue that or Hey, I think I, that may be a possibility. I, yes, I could see that. I mean, we'll see. <laughs> we'll see. You also have an uncle that is a lawyer. I do have an uncle yeah. who's a lawyer. Yes, yes. So it's it's definitely one of those. Uh, it's a possibility for sure. And I have a cousin who's a budding lawyer. So we'll see. <laughs> we may be able to start a little little practice. <laughs> yeah, because yeah, if uh, Mac and Jig keep playing, I might, I might need to call y'all. <laughs> you, you don't need to call more than a lawyer. <laughs> Jay, uh, do you remember or did the that professor at the time that pulled you aside, do you remember uh, them expressing or sharing with you some of the qualities or anything that they saw in you that made them feel like you were a good fit for that program? Mm -hmm. Well, one of the things, um, believe it or not, I, I was very quiet in in college. No um, way. Oh, man. <laughs> <laughs> because you were loud was... in high school. <laughs> <laughs> well, <laughs> you know. <laughs> the, the clarinet was loud. 
put a lot of energy into their clarinet, especially their bass clarinet. That's what. <laughs> oh yeah, clarinet. Shout out to Tiffany Jackson and um, let me see. Uh, who else was on the bass with me? Um, Daphne Ramsey. Yes, we were we were uh, in that in that place for sure. Um, but yeah, uh, she did. She pulled me aside to say, "You're you're quiet. You're super quiet." But I, what I noticed about your writing is that it's super vibrant. You have a lot of stories to tell. Um, and the interesting thing about uh, writing is I always found a way to write about, uh, in some ways, some experience that I had growing up, something that would, that moved me or something that was soul stirring for me. And she was like, yeah, you have this like gift in your writing, but somehow your voice isn't like something's going on there. So we need to find a way for you to be able to share your voice in a more vocal way. So uh, I'll be forever indebted to Dr. Tarsha Stanley for seeing that in me and encouraging me to to go forward. And she actually um, gave me my first class to teach when I was a, a senior. Uh, she was going away for a conference and then she said, um, can you come and, and conduct my class for me? I'll never forget, she was teaching uh, Tony K. Bambara's The Salt Eaters. And I was like, it's one of my favorite novels. And I was like, okay, well, yes, I'll do it. And it was like one of the most like riveting things that ever happened. Students were like, yeah, yeah, yeah. They were like really getting into it. And they were like really responding well to me. And I was like, oh my God, I'm like, okay, like this is, was that me? your aha moment? Uh, that was it. That was like, okay, let me, yeah, all right. I think this is where I'm going to go. And so I ended up applying uh, to graduate school, and that's how how things how things unfolded. And so now, now you open up a door because you mentioned that um, you was writing about things that were soul-stirring. Do you mind sharing an example of what was soul-stirring for you? Yeah, it's mostly about family. I wrote I wrote a lot about my grandparents, um, about my, I, once I can share this short story. One time I was driving my grandmother to uh, Clarksdale and I was probably about 15 or 16 and we were on our way. Uh, she was like, oh, I need to get there, hurry up. So my grandmother, Rosie B, if, I don't know if many people remember, um, but she was a candy lady on Todd Street. Oh, yeah. Uh, and very much of, uh, Sweet, sweet lady. I learned a lot from her, but <laughs> we were on our way. She was like, listen, I need to get there. And I'm like, all right, grandma, I got you. Like, we're good. So we're going and she is driving. I'm driving and she's like, you need to speed up. Like, I need to be there. So at the time, my grandma was like 85, um, 86 years old. And I was like, okay, the speed limit is 55. Like, I can't. She was like, well, when I was driving, there were no speed limits. And I was like, okay, well, they are now. Like, I'm not trying to <laughs> get there. So um, by the time we get there, um, we're probably like maybe 15 minutes late. And that's not something she was accustomed to. She liked to be punctual very on time. And so we get out of the car. And she was like, oh, thank you, baby, for getting me here uh, safely. And then she gets with her friend and she says, girl, I would have been here, but she was driving. <laughs> and I was like, <laughs> I was like, I heard, I heard you. Like, <laughs> so I would write about things like that that really kind of, um, I guess, show, showed my experiences and my personality 
that I wasn't quite saying out loud. So, so yeah. <laughs> oh. You know what? I should have wrote a book too then. My auntie had me doing the same thing. Going to college <laughs> there on a hardship license to catch the stove for, <laughs> to get some weed for her hair before they close. <laughs> <laughs> Look, Jack had me drive an 85 down through there. Going to college there. I'm like, okay. I used to love that hardship license, boy. Yes, sir. <laughs> yeah, that's totally what I had. Uh-huh. <laughs> Good experiences, though. So, Jessica, um, I, I know you mentioned your sophomore year at Spelman, but I want to go back to you graduate from Coldwater, valedictorian, um, and then um, you go to Atlanta to, to Spelman. So, and I guess, let me set this question up the right way. So okay. <laughs> growing up in a in a small town, going to a small school, it has its advantages as well as its disadvantages. And I think we, you know, everybody on this call um, can um, can say that, you know, once we got to our next step after high school, you kind of felt like you weren't all the way prepared or didn't have all the resources. So I guess my question is. Once you got to Spelman, did you feel like you were ready to um, take on that challenge uh, coming from a small school like Coldwater? No, <laughs> no, I was I was afraid. I was definitely afraid. Um, one of the things that I feel like happened was I it was time to leave the nest, so I, I accepted that part. But I was like, okay, well, what does this mean? And it was honestly more so my fear than it was my ability. So I was afraid of failing or afraid of not uh, succeeding. And that's the sort of barrier. I do believe, however, that I was prepared educationally. And that's something that was... Um, yeah, it came out after that first year. I actually, um, my first year, I was like, oh, I don't know if I'm supposed to be here. <laughs> um, looking around at all these people. And uh, I was fortunate enough to actually go to um, my first year, go to Spelman with uh, a young lady named uh, Dr. Carrie Copeland, who um, graduated from Independence the same year that I did. So we were able to go together and sort of cut connect and commiserate. We actually didn't know each other before, uh, but we were able to connect and go together. So it was neat having someone there that was from Tate County and that was actually like, okay, well, girl, I don't know what's going on. Like, I don't know, but we, <laughs> we got, we've had to go to this forum and, you know, all oh, this and that. So, um, so yeah, it was, it was scary, uh, but it was more so my fear of, of that. And so, um, I learned that fear is, and you all are probably familiar with that acronym, uh, false evidence appearing real. Uh, that was definitely something that I had to to overcome uh, because, yeah, fear is a real thing. And if you allow it to consume you, it can. So I um, had to lean back uh, with my faith and think about community as well. And uh, Carrie helped to provide that community along with meeting new friends. Uh, and people who are now uh, family uh, during that first year, they helped me to kind of find my footing and um, yeah, and to excel and use those same things. Like I told told you 
I wrote a lot about my life and about things that I knew about. And that really was welcomed uh, in that space. And so I was ready. I just didn't quite know I was ready. So I think uh, the the fear was the, the paralyzing thing. But luckily, uh, I was able to to push through that uh, through some, some discipline, meditation, and community. Yeah. That's dope. So what... What led uh, to your decision uh, to choose to choose Spelman for undergrad? Oh yeah, so I was thinking. I knew that I wanted to go to an HBCU, so I was one of those people that was big on watching um, a different world. A different world was like fifteen years old, and I was watching it like it was like. Uh, just coming out Uh, so I remember thinking oh wow this is cool and just thinking about all the things that I experienced at like um, Southern Heritage Classic I was like okay well I think I want to go to a space that is uh, cultivating like great minds and like this one and so um, I think it may have been uh, 2001 or 2002 when Drumline came out um, I don't know if y'all remember that with Nick Cannon and um, oh, yeah. Dr. Lee, <laughs> and that was a huge part of our band experience too. Uh, but when that came out and they had the fictitious uh, Atlanta A and T, that was like, oh yeah, okay, I, I'm definitely uh, thinking <laughs> about this. And so uh, it was between for me uh, Spelman, Tougaloo, and uh, Lane College. So I um, had gone to. Um, Tougaloo College the year before, actually, uh, Nicole Johnson and I were able to go to a summer science program at Tougaloo. And I was kind of set on going to Tougaloo um, after that experience. And then um, I just applied uh, based on what I knew from a different world and thinking about uh, those other places. And it was a conversation with my grandmother that really pushed me over. And she was like, you know, if I would have had the opportunity to go to Atlanta, I would I would go, and I was like, okay, that's that's it, I'm, I'm going. So. She knows. <laughs> what was what was that experience like for you at Spelman, with the exception of your senior year? Because I'm gonna ask about that later. Hmm. It was really great. I feel like there were, uh, for those people who might not be familiar, uh, Spelman is an all-women's institution. It was founded in 1881, uh, and it really is uh, um, on the mission of encouraging and um, evolving the total person. And so Spelman is across the street from the all-men's institution, Morehouse, and uh, next door to Clark Atlanta University, which is a co-ed institution. And then of course the uh, interdenominational uh, theological center is close by as well. And then there's Morris Brown. So they're like five HBCUs in one space. Um, and so um, not only was I able to experience like lots of different things, I was able to take classes at Clark Atlanta and like kind of move through the consortium. Um, but I was able to meet people who became just um, just like family. I uh, met some of my first and best friends, uh, some of my best friends that first year. Um, I went on to 
become a um, a part of the symphonic band. I played in the band for two years, um, the woodwind ensemble for two years at Spelman. And um, I also became a member of Zeta Phi Beta Sorority Incorporated, which uh, definitely uh, opened up even more uh, sisters for me to uh, to be connected with. And to this day, uh, I'm certainly connected with wherever I go, actually, uh, there's a Zeta there or a Sigma, uh, who um, is a group that we're constitutionally bound to. And so, um, yeah, it was a great experience. And I, I certainly would not trade it for anything. Yep. So speak, speaking about Spelman and Atlanta and all that, uh, you said your grandmother told you that she had the opportunity that she would go. So when we talk about the um, acceptance rate, the acceptance rate and the graduation rate, um, 51% of students are, 51% of applicants are accepted into Spelman and 74% graduate. So one out of every four don't graduate. So how focused must a person be or a lady be to uh, go in, be focused, pledge, um, get the schoolwork done, you know, look across the street at Morehouse, you know, all that. How focused must one be to uh, succeed and to accomplish like what you've accomplished? Mm -hmm. Well, I think uh, for anyone going to school, uh, and I didn't know that acceptance rate, that was, that's, wow, okay. He did his homework. <laughs> yeah. So y'all was tired. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Um, that is something that I think we we have to be focused. I feel like no matter where you go, and you all know, having, um, having uh, obtained the successes that you have, there is a level of stick-to-itiveness that you need to finish anything. And I think that's true. You have to remember your, your goal. Like, why, why are you really there? And I, that was always in the back of my mind. Also, I didn't want to come home without anything. <laughs> so that was in the back of my mind, too. Like, okay, yeah, you need to finish. Um, that, was my, that was my fear, too. Yeah. <laughs> so I'm like, yeah, if I'm going to be here, I need to need to be about the business of being here and finishing it. So, uh, yeah, I saw Ashley's comment. Shout out to Ashley. I think we would have we had a great time at Tougaloo, too. I love Tougaloo. Um, but, yeah. <laughs> I used to be right down the street at Fort Benning. I, I didn't know you were at Spelman. I didn't realize that too. Oh my yeah, gosh. We, we used to be down there on the weekend acting crazy. <laughs> and I never, oh my goodness. So we'll have to talk about that. Like, okay. Yeah. <laughs> um, oh my gosh. That is not far at all. At all. So during your senior year at Spelman, uh, you studied abroad. Where where did you study, and uh, can you speak about how that impacted you? Mm -hmm. So um, I mentioned a little bit ago that I was asked to consider applying to a program, the Mellon Fellows Program, and it was actually that program that uh, afforded me an opportunity to apply to study in Cape Town, South Africa. So. Um, I applied and was accepted with a cohort of people to um, to go to Cape Town uh, to study at the University of Cape Town. Uh, so it was definitely an, a, 
just a, an eye-opening uh, kind of experience. I can remember um, we got a chance to visit Robin Island, which is the island that Nelson Mandela was imprisoned on for um, 27 years. And so we had to take a, uh, a boat to get there. And I didn't know I had motion sickness before that. Uh, <laughs> so I'm one of those like, <laughs> okay, it was going kind of fast. Um, but yeah, so we had to take a boat to get to to uh, the island and just to be in the same place and stand in that same um, space was very um, moving and something that I, I won't ever forget. And so that definitely um, impacted me in ways to think about what Nelson Mandela stood for, what Winnie Mandela stood for, um, and how he was in prison for 27 years for just working to be a person, um, a full person in his own right. And so um, just kind of thinking about that, uh, standing in the cell, um, and I didn't stand too long in the cell because, you know. <laughs> you already had most of you. You already had most of you. We ain't need Jesse flying over there, so, you know. <laughs> Have Jesse and, Her and Sharon them all flying over there together and stuff. <laughs> right. <laughs> but yeah, you're right. You're right about that. Uh, but yeah, it was definitely one of those um, just sort of life-changing experiences. Um, and just thinking about Cape Town in, in um, general, there was um, certainly the university and the spaces around the university that were really, um, like you could tell the sort of distinction between um you could tell the poverty and the, the real sort of problems that existed. So um, apartheid really just ended in, in, the, in the early 90s. And so they were sort of on the brinks of like really talking about truth and justice and like having a reconciliation committee come together. And so um, there were still people who lived in, in homes that when a, a, a great rain came, their homes were demolished. Right. And they had to rebuild afterward. And so that was really sort of um, something that that I was a little struck by um, just thinking about how it could be so pretty on one side of the town. And then on the other side of the town, people are having to sort of rebuild in ways that are like we we think about only after like a major storm. They have to rebuild after a rain, like a just a rain event. So, um, so yeah, that was, that was definitely something that stuck with me as well. And it helped me to, um, in some ways become, I think, even more aware uh, of why it's so important to have community and think about um, literacy and how uh, maybe literacy could be sort of a gateway or an opening to, um, to helping people to advance to at least tell their stories or, um, make sure that people are at least aware of the conditions of places outside of just where they, they derived. So did, did the politics and the um, society of Cape Town have an impact on your educational track? Or were you guys like not influenced at all? Yeah, I would say so. Um, I didn't say that I, when I studied there and I was a part of the Mellon program, I was actually going there to study South African uh, novels and South African novels about 
activism. So, um, so yeah, I was able to sort of get connected to people um, that I'm still connected to to this day who are um, very much activists, people who are very interested in human rights and what it means to be uh, good stewards of, of, of humanity in some way. So I would say um, a lot of what I picked up has yet to be realized. Uh, so I still have some things to do. Um, but certainly it's, it's in the back of my mind about how to just be the best person I can be in every way. Um, I heard one person say, um, how, what kind of ancestor do I want to be? And I, I think about that um, sometimes. That's an interesting question. Yes. I think our, I think our show uh, just reached a new level. That's now two people I can count that uh, we've had on the show that's had a chance to go and uh, spend time in Africa. Chris Mallory came on the show. He had just recently um, came back from uh, visiting Africa. So that's, mm -hmm. uh, that's, that's pretty dope. Yeah. So Jay, um, before we transition into uh, Washington State, anything oh. else you want to share with us about Spelman or, or Africa or your undergrad education? Um. I guess I'm just uh, indebted to all those people that I mentioned and so many more that I can't, um, that are, if you're listening, thank you. <laughs> I was just looking at the, uh, the um, piece that you all share and I just saw so many people like saying, oh, thanks Jessica and all this. And I was like, oh my gosh, like I got very emotional because I'm like this is so so thank you to all the people who's been supportive of me down through the years I I definitely know that I am not where I am without the community I love cold water and cold water definitely has um is a huge part of who I am so um so I, I guess that's that's about where I leave it <laughs> just how has cold water prepared you for the world I, I, I usually ask that. In, I usually ask that in the beginning. I didn't ask you that. <laughs> Man, I feel like there's just so many things. Um, from did you all play baseball like growing up? Did you all do any of the like? I, I, I played high school ball. I played with Ricky Tyson. Yes. Yeah. Not, not to be confused with high, that watered down high school ball. <laughs> go, go ahead with your point, Jay. Go ahead with your point. Matter of fact, uh, today is uh, Mr. Ricky Tyson's birthday, so happy heavenly birthday to Mr. Ricky Tyson, man. Yes, yes, happy heavenly birthday to Mr. Tyson. Absolutely, yeah. That people like Mr. Tyson, uh, Mr. Uh, Roy Lee Johnson, those people, uh, Miss Bunny Jones. Uh, I remember very much uh, being a part of that Little League team. And I was actually on one of the teams. Somebody may have to help me with remembering the actual. I was not very good at all. Um, <laughs> but I was on the team. Uh, I remember <laughs> in the outfield with um, with James Pickler. Do you all remember James well, Pickler? Lord have mercy. How did you do with him? Because <laughs> <laughs> I think we were about the same. Uh, <laughs> 
Shout out to James if you're out there. <laughs> but yeah. <laughs> but I remember being a part of events like that. Um, later going into um, playing basketball, I did some like praise dancing at Second Baptist. I remember doing um, some, uh, what was that? It was, that was a field trip that uh, New Independence used to have to the skating rink. Crystal Palace. Crystal Palace. Crystal was, Palace. Was, was, it, was it one Friday out of the month or like every other Friday? Going to yes. Palace? Yeah. <laughs> I was on the bus with a few of those. That was a dangerous trip, boy. <laughs> yeah, boy. <laughs> Deep too. <laughs> Some fast people on fast and married folks on that trip. <laughs> oh, dang. <laughs> that must have been for my time, Jermaine. <laughs> <laughs> now, nah, Jay, they just have the other side of the bus. That's all. <laughs> that's what but, I heard. Yeah, okay. That's what I'm talking about. <laughs> okay. Praise Lord. Go ahead, Jay. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, there, were, there were opportunities like that that I feel like helped me to understand what community really is. Like, we were able to come together. And as uh, Jig said a little bit ago, like, you know, and, and E, I think you mentioned this too, like our churches fellowship together, our mm-hmm. parents sort of fellowship together there. I remember people playing cards and like getting together to do things. And I feel like that's the essence of what Coldwater has been. Like it has taught me the importance of having meaningful relationships and even if, you know, we hadn't seen each other in 20 years, right? It's like, oh, man, how you doing? You remember this? Like, so it's really like, um, it's something that I, I definitely don't know if everyone gets. So um, I think it's a part of being Southern also. I think it's a part of being just who we are. But um, there's no place like cold water. And I think it has uh, taught me a lot about what it means to be among people how to connect with people. Like I legit don't meet a stranger uh, when I go places and it's, I can get along with a lot of different people. And so that's like a skill I'm learning (laughs) that a lot of people don't have. So, um, and I think that's coming from where we're from. Uh, We're in some ways able to, or happen to be able to cultivate that sense of community that can take you a lot of different places. So that's just one thing that comes to mind, but yeah, yeah, yeah. I think a lot of that has to do with uh, not being antisocial, because I'm sure yeah. you, can, you can name off all your high school classmates. I can too, mm-hmm. uh, but other people they don't know half the people who were in their class. You know, I I could probably name all my classmates and yours. You know, I was but, just thinking that. <laughs> oh, I don't have that many classmates. Also, that, that's what I'm saying. That's that's what I'm getting to. <laughs> I don't know. I had to grow into that, though, because, like, I'm just now learning to be social. I'm just getting to the point where, like, I don't meet strangers, as Jessica just said. Like, uh, as a parent, when I go out or, like, talking to my neighbor, my neighbors, or, like, it was it used to be times where I pull up in the garage <laughs> and let it down and get out. <laughs> like, last week, I Probably Nikki made a Facebook post about me talking to the neighbor for an hour before I came in the house. I think she like 70. So, oh. <laughs> um, 
you know what I'm saying? So like, it's just me changing uh, to be able to communicate with anybody now, opposed to 15, 10 years ago, I wouldn't, I wasn't the same person. And it wasn't because I would, I was being mean. I just didn't talk to people I didn't know like that. So, um, mm-hmm. But see, it was in you though. Oh yeah, it's, it's there. Uh, <laughs> yeah. But it was just like I, I just was more comfortable with people I knew. Mm-hmm. Um, but now it's just like I can find. I feel like I can find common ground with most most people at, on, on on some subject. Uh-huh. And, and before yeah. we before we switch gears, uh, while we talking about community and we was talking about uh, you know different trips and stuff, I just want to shout out uh, Jordan's church real quick for all those trips we took to oh Disney World and all those different places yeah. out of town that I wasn't <laughs> gonna be able to go to. We gotta go to Disney World. You didn't go? <laughs> nah I didn't go. Between Second Baptist and y'all that might have been Second Baptist. Nah it was both. Oh man. yeah I think I remember that trip. I would think I wanted to go. <laughs> maybe yeah, I, maybe I did Atlanta and maybe we did maybe we did uh see Stacy just said y'all did. Yeah, we went to maybe I was the, I was cross super. Maybe I went to New Garden that week. Yeah, I don't know where I don't know where he was at. My my <laughs> guy. Yeah, he mad. Yeah. <laughs> chapel, boy, we was all all in Florida and you was cross super, cutting grass. My bad. <laughs> Man, you know. All right, but yeah. So I don't want to take up too much more uh, Jessica's time, but uh, I transitioned to Washington. Uh, so, so how does a girl from Coldwater end up in Washington? How, how did you end up at Washington State University? Yeah, that's what. <laughs> so I definitely applied for. Um, well, I applied to graduate schools, and really. Okay, so there's there's another program. <laughs> so it seems like this is a theme in my life uh, where there have been uh, opportunities that I've been able to, to just kind of um, like, okay, this particular opportunity was actually posted on a, a wall, a bulletin wall. And I was reading and I was like, oh, it was like something along the lines of, um, are you interested in graduate school? Email us. And I was like, okay. Okay, uh, so I did, and it was um, this program called Institute for the Recruitment of Teachers, and uh, they actually are a program that um, continually now, to this day, accept, um, accept applicants to help them uh, apply to graduate school, and so uh, I took advantage of that program, um, applied to a couple of graduate schools, uh, I think it may have been three. Uh, one ended up being in Massachusetts. Um, another was in Michigan, and then there was Washington State. Uh, Washington State actually um, sent for me to like fly out to to visit, and so I can remember uh, talking to my parents about it, and they were like, "Oh, well, you know what? A visit won't hurt. You know, <laughs> like you um, can go just check it out and." Uh, I can remember going there. Uh, Washington State is very beautiful, it and is. yes, and you know, I ha- we have to talk about that at some point, like food and all that. It was an interesting um, 
Oh yeah, you yeah, you you getting um, that tally now. Yeah, y- y'all should just get y'all in this class and you're gonna watch. Get y'all class and you're gonna there. I tell you what, let's do class of 03, 04 through 010 through 10. Through 10. You heard about it. I corrected. That's not a bad idea, you know, because we really do know each other. Like yeah, we yeah. need a we need a mass one to that'll help. Yeah, get the numbers up. Yeah, if, if we had that many class participate, maybe we'll get fifty people to go. What you think? We probably could get a hundred. It'd be more than fifty. It would be a lot, I think. Yeah. <laughs> let's let's do an alumni trip. How about that? We just call it an alumni trip. Okay. Set it up. We let Rashawn handle it. But go ahead, Jay. Sorry to interrupt. <laughs> oh, no, you're all right. You're right. Um, I forgot what I was saying, but I do know Washington is very pretty. Uh, oh, um, I ended up going out and to just see it. And then they, they offered me a, um, a full ride to come. And so I was like, well, why not? <laughs> so that's how I, I ended up there. Um, they actually... Um, I, I had to work to um, pay for my um, tuition, which was the um, being a um, an instructor. So I got a chance to learn a little bit more about my craft as I was studying, and so that was um, sort of the the trade off there. But it was a, a really great one, um, and I learned so much. I actually, um, interestingly enough, for some of those students. Um, some of them would come up to me to say, oh, you know, you're the you're the first like lady teacher that I've had or you're the first teacher I've had from the South. And so I realized that I was actually like representing more than just me. I was like, sure. OK, <laughs> yes, it For was sure. a we moved a lot. Yeah, when we moved to Washington, uh, we lived in Olympia. Jayla went to Olympia High School. Um and uh, I think probably within three months, maybe she transferred to oh, a different high school because of mm-hmm. diversity. Mm-hmm. Or, or to 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 for a lack of more, diversity. <laughs> yeah, for lack of diversity. Um, not because it was any issues, but just to have more diversity the other, because the other school had more diversity. Mm-hmm. Um, um, it wasn't any issues at all, but. It was actually a really good school, but just for those very reasons. Um, so, but I mean, it's, I don't know. Washington is different, but it's also a lot of support in Washington. So, a lot, a lot of support. So, it's very different than what it looked like. That's true. Different than any place I've ever seen. But yeah, you're right. That diversity thing is 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 super. Yeah. I'm glad she changed. I'm glad you all were able to change her because, yeah, that that means a lot because, yeah, I don't know what other kinds of things may have come out later. Um, so, yeah, that's yeah, a good for sure. Mm-hmm. I mean, yeah, I had another question about so it. So do we need to take this trip or not? Well, <laughs> <laughs> y'all are talking, God dang. <laughs> all right, all, I mean, it depends on what part you taking. What, what part are we going? <laughs> Yeah, we'll, we'll be good. We'll be good regardless. Yeah, yeah. I tell you what, because what y'all talking, I take my class, man. We're gonna be bellies by the hour. They chill, bro. We we legal. They chill up there. Yeah. 
Very chill. <laughs> we, hey, we're getting a lot of comments saying they like the, the combined reunion idea. So we hey, that man. Real thing. I'm down. I'm down. This is hey, like we, we we uh 52 weeks out. You know, you know how it is, 30 days out. <laughs> <laughs> I know you saw the meme. Something came up. <laughs> Something came up. <laughs> We'll be down to 50 before we know it. <laughs> but nah, I mean for, we can we can get something we can get something together for real. I think it'll be dope. Uh so yeah, I'm gonna skip my next question. So all right. So so Jay, I know you mentioned you were on a full ride there. And my question was gonna be, was it primarily based on scenery or did the scholarships play a part? I think you pretty much answered that. Um did you at least get offers from the other schools or you just had your mindset on Washington State at that point? Mm-hmm. I got offers from the other schools, but not financial offers. So it was it was more really just, okay, how can I go and not be like burdened, um, but also just focus on what I need to. So that was that was the main driver. Um, and I ended up staying there for six <laughs> for six years, which is a lot longer than I thought I would. Um, but yeah, it, it ended up being a good um, place. I didn't, I didn't like the flights there, so it, there was no straight flight from Memphis. So I was always like, oh, man." Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, so that was yeah. But that's the the only reason really. Um, it was a great program. I met some wonderful people too. Um, I got a chance to really know. Um, and get to know myself in a different way. I was like, if I can live here, I can live anywhere. <laughs> like this, yeah. How did you uh, adapt to that rain? You know, on on that side. So I was on the. Uh, did it, is it different up that way? Mm-hmm. It was a little different. It was actually more snow. So, um, cool thing as my uh, one of my mentors used to say, I didn't turn into a chocolate popsicle. But it definitely snowed a lot, and it got very, very cold. So I'm happy that I didn't uh, get caught in that. <laughs> but it was the past was is different. Like it would be like the sun shining, and you come back 30 minutes later, and it's covered. Mm-hmm. But, I'm, I'm gonna tell y'all, I went to my the first day it snowed. You know, like when we're at home when it snows, or if it threatens to snow where everything's canceled. So I'm sitting like waiting on the news to report that we're not going. <laughs> like, I'm like, okay, I ain't going today. And then they were like, yeah, and Washington State's open. I'm like, wait, what? Like, I got to get out in the... So I wasn't prepared for that at all. Yeah. <laughs> so so, so I, I got to ask this question. Um, did you have? Did you still have the Jeep then? So was the Jeep prepared for... The, the snow had to get them chains out. <laughs> not, I, not, I remember the green Jeep. <laughs> no, not prepared at all. <laughs> Jay, about that the weather make a break up that one. <laughs> I had to eventually learn how to drive in the snow, but those first two years, I was like. Okay, how can I like take the bus or whatever to not do it? Because I would, I was definitely <laughs> like, oh my god, because it would get like there would be snow drifts. They have things like called whiteouts, and I'm like, wait, like whiteout conditions, <laughs> freezing fog, like all that stuff. I was like, okay, I don't know, this is a lot. 
So I'm just gonna stay in, <laughs> make sure I stock up and. <laughs> See, I didn't. I didn't have to deal with that part. It was mostly rain down where I was at, but even with the rain, it's different. It's rain mm-hmm. like every day for certain periods of time, and it's like, you know, where we from? It rained. You in the house? There. Yeah. Like the, the teachers send emails like, hey, make sure you send your kids to school with their raincoats. We we still having recess. Like, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, <laughs> we're going outside. <laughs> so make sure you send their raincoat. <laughs> See the people walking their dogs through the neighborhood. Like, I remember my first week there, I'm like, y'all, y'all tripping. And then the more you there, it's like, yo, if you don't, you'll be in the house forever. You'll yeah. miss out. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> So you got just, your glasses ready. <laughs> connecting the dots um, to you um, staying at Washington State and also um, earning your PhD. Um, was that always the goal? Um, did you kind of go into that with the PhD um, in mind to stay at Washington State and, and earn it, um, Dr. Um, not exactly. I, I started out actually in a master's program. So I, I got my master's in literature um, and really just um, decided while I was there that I was going to apply again for a PhD. So um, my um, family was super supportive of it. And they were like, well, you know, if if that's the career that you want, you know, you may as well go, go all the way. And so I did. Uh, and yeah, that's sort of, I, I didn't quite no, um, it was just really the exposure and seeing, like, I saw so many people who were actually making a life doing what I wanted to do. And so I knew that it was something that could be sustaining. And so, um, again, that, that sort of discipline came back and I was like, all right, well, I'm not leaving here until, <laughs> until I get what I came for. Like, uh, I was in, in the Palouse, uh, in Pullman, Washington. So I was like, if, if I'm gonna be out here now, yeah, I have to leave with something. So that was my determined. I was determined to to finish uh, what I started. <laughs> hey, before we get to the next question, Jesse says she inherited the Jeep. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, she's still riding. Is she still riding? It's still around. Yeah, <laughs> it's still going. <laughs> That orbit change good in that thing. <laughs> <laughs> yep. So uh, transitioning from uh, Washington State, we're going to talk about Dr. Edwards now. Just you know, post post um, post education and where you are now. So, Matt. Sure, I get. The, you sure you're going to let me ask a question? Yeah, I, I'll let you go before I go. When I get started. I'm going. I ain't waiting on you. All right. <laughs> Y'all haven't changed that much. I, I, That's I, pretty good. So when I, I'm I'm the youngest one, bro. I have to try to keep them in check. So hey, hey, so, hey Jay, I, I ain't nothing changed with Andre. Nothing with Andre. <laughs> That's what's up. So so can you speak about your experience regarding advocacy for inclusive practices? as well as how you encourage racial consciousness through writing? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So that ended up actually being um, a part of my dissertation process. So I um, was teaching 
technical writing, which is what what I teach now. And that uh, mostly includes people who go on to be engineers, uh, medical writers, like those people who are uh, really doing a lot of public writing. And so uh, what I noticed is that although people were writing, they weren't writing with um, sort of a social consciousness in mind. So it would be like, okay, well, we can write about, um, say, how to create this uh, specification document to make sure that people, we build a bridge thoughtfully, but how are we designing the bridge or how are we talking about designing the bridge that will allow people to understand the infrastructure, to understand its um, the, the weight that should go there? Like, how are we designing the information so that people can get it? And so I realized that um, there was a social element um, missing from the sort of lesson plans that I inherited. So I was like, okay, well, let me sort of figure out a way to do this. Um, and so my dissertation project actually became uh, how do people begin to um, think about the changing climate of people in their workplaces. So how are you going to act, how are you going to act or how are you going to be if say for instance you can't explain how to build this bridge to uh, this you know 50 year old um, black man right So the students that I was dealing with they were having a hard time dealing with the fact that they were going to be working with people that didn't look like them. And so I was like, wow, this is interesting. And so I did a, a, a study about, well, in 50 years uh, with the changing workforce, like how do you sort of imagine this? And then I use rhetorical theory and all of that to make a case for why this is needed. And so to sum all that up, I essentially do work that is um, teaching people how to write responsibly, teaching people how to really think about context, uh, audience, purpose, um, and all of those things as they put together documents that will be somehow used for public consumption. So um, that's how I get to uh, go. And so I work with a lot of people who are, are engineers and um, ag agra people, uh, agri science and all of those people and help them to kind of uh, make things accessible uh, for their audiences. Really right and wrongs. <laughs> yeah yeah that was a cool show topic thanks for that that was pretty cool i was like oh that's dope you know I, you know i write you know i write a little bit i know about it i know about it <laughs> that's right just to, um, i wanted to i guess kind of ask um i guess you know for someone listening to this interview, you know, you've talked about high school, valedictorian, going on to Spelman, going on to Washington State to get your master's and then your PhD. Um, and then looking at, looking back at your upbringing and your roots, you know, people, um, some people could tend to think that, you know, your path has been easy, right? But what I want you to speak on is um, and share some of the hurdles and some of the adversity you've had to face you know, along your journey? Mm -hmm. So uh, one, one of the earlier, I guess, in terms of adversity, I've talked a little bit about growing up 
Um, but with classes, uh, I'll say I um, wasn't always a good math student. Um, I can remember Mr. Quinn. I don't remember his first name now. Oh, do y'all remember his first name, Mr. Wasn't Quinn? Wasn't it John? Wasn't it John Quinn? No. I don't remember I can his see him. Name, but I, I know who you, I know who you're speaking about. Yeah, with the, bla- with the Blazers. With the Blazers, yes. Mm-hmm. He was always just to like, okay, I'm coming to instruct. Mm-hmm. Um, I can remember taking his class, taking his algebra class, and I would like make the, the smallest mistakes. And I remember him writing on my paper, uh, Jessica, you always make careless mistakes on your paper. Like that's the language that he used. And that stuck with me because I was like, huh, what is it about me and math that I like make mistakes like that? So uh, going on to Spelman, I actually uh, majored in English. So I didn't need to take a lot of math classes, but the one math class that I did take I was not doing well in it, like, at all. So much so that the professor uh, pulled me aside one day and was like, listen, you might need to think about dropping this class uh, because I don't think you're going to make it, sis. He didn't say sis, but uh, I don't think you're going to make it. <laughs> and so I was like, oh, my gosh. Um, okay. So I ended up dropping the class and thinking, okay, what, what am I going to do? So I went to the um, to the powers that be in the department. And I was like, can I take it over the summer? Can I do, what can I do? And so I found out a way to do that. And I was able to go to summer school and like isolate the class. And it turns out when I isolated the class, um, the teacher was like, oh, are you a math major? And I was like, no. like nobody's ever like I'm the one that makes careless mistakes with math I'm like not the person that like this isn't my thing but uh, what I found out is that for math I actually had to focus a lot more to make it happen and so um, there were a lot of hurdles with that so uh, if I hadn't dropped that class I probably would still be trying to pass math right now uh, <laughs> if I hadn't isolated that 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 particular class to take it during the summer, so I would say um, that's just one example of a sort of um, very mental, sort of emotional, uh, and also in some ways a real challenge for me. But um, I was able to sort of, sort of uh, push through that through just trying to find another another way, um, and so. Um, that in addition to other things that have happened uh, throughout my throughout my life with um, just uh, l- losing people and, you know, people going in and out and those kinds of things. But those challenges certainly are part, I think, of all of our lives and you just have to figure out how to to best move forward. Yeah. Hey, um, Mario Jones got it right. It's Tim Quinn. That was his name. Tim. Tim. Yeah. yeah. Thanks, yeah, Mario. Look at Mario. What you cooking over there, Mario? <laughs> my, my, my boy baking some over there, boy. <laughs> yeah. Brian. <The> chef. <laughs> yep. So, um, in your um, biography, I saw uh, where it said, Dr. Edwards has taught and mentored thousands of students. So, of those students, have you ever had one uh, to kind of challenge the ideals of um, racial consciousness or political consciousness or historical consciousness? Absolutely. I How have. They work out? 
Yeah. Most of those students drop. <laughs> but like <laughs> but like I do this, like I I'm all right. But most of the students who stay in the class, they're really like open to learning and very much like interested in that. So I haven't um I can think of maybe two or three instances where I've been like had to go toe to toe with someone about something. And you know, that was out of my element too, but I was ready. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm like, okay. But I can only think of a couple of times when that has happened. And it was usually more so about um, I was challenging something that they had grown up knowing their whole lives. And so it was me against the system. And I wasn't, that wasn't something, I, a fight that I was prepared to fight. So I'm like, well, you can have that one. <laughs> and <laughs> we'll, um, yeah, move on to, to something different. So I was like, you can drop. And usually people would, would take me up on that if they needed to. Yeah. Yeah. Just to kind of um, wrap this wrap this topic up, um, what what are some lessons you can share that you've learned over your career? Mm, over my career, uh, I mentioned uh, Tony K. Bambara a little earlier uh, as being a part of her, like her being one of my authors. And uh, in the Salt Eaters, at the beginning of the Salt Eaters, it's a question that she asks the protagonist and it's, um, are you sure that you want to be well? Um, and I thought that was a curious question to ask somebody like, who doesn't want to be well or feel good? And I want to say that's like the, the main thing that I've been sort of ruminating about, thinking about um, how to really make wellness a priority, how not to allow the system that is um, America or what have you, sort of, um, as Audre Lorde says, uh, grind you up in, so, in a way that you're not able to function at all. So I um, have been thinking a lot about what does it mean to be well? What does it mean to have joy? Um, what does it mean to practice that on the daily and really, really get to know and bring your full self into spaces and places? And so um, I recently started reading this book. Uh, it's the Nap Ministry. Uh, some of you may be familiar with that. It's about how um, we need to dream more and sleep more so that we can hear our dreams. And I, that's something that I, I guess I'm thinking more about now. Um, how might we in some way keep a healthy mind, body and soul and be centered in ways that allow us to dream and have those thoughts that allow us to really manifest things that are beautiful and wonderful and, and lovely uh, for us to be able to just be our full selves. Definitely taking a nap tomorrow. I love naps too. <laughs> <laughs> you just mentioned um, Audrey Lord, and uh, I was browsing your website and I saw that you have one of her quotes um, listed as your favorite. Mm -hmm. um, quote reads, when I dare to be powerful to use my strength in the service of my vision, then it becomes less and less important, important whether I'm afraid. Can you just kind of uh, expound on that and just tell us why that's your favorite? Um, I know the strength and service of my vision part kind of really kind of stuck me. So uh, just kind of expound on that and what that means to you. Yeah. Um I mentioned earlier being afraid to kind of go go to Spelman and be myself and kind of go into that area. Um, I 
my sophomore year, let's see, junior year, uh, I met a professor named Wandra Hunley, um, and she introduced us to this this concept of being very, um, using your voice to be clear about what it is that you need and what you what you need in the, in, a, in the moment. And so um, for Audrey Lord, Audrey Lord was battling cancer, and she talked a lot about uh, this in her cancer journals and how, in a lot of ways, um, what's important must be shared. Uh, what's important must be talked about, and it takes courage uh, to do those things. And it also takes uh, a, a, the ability to know uh, what it is that you're talking about. So being well-read and, and, and studying and actually knowing. So you all have proven that. I mean, I'm like, you saw my website, what? <laughs> so, <laughs> or even when you brought up, like, I saw this, I'm like, wait just a minute. Uh, so even like, you know, showing yourself approved, right? You're really, really doing the work of like, okay, well, how am I knowing myself or knowing the people that I'm talking to and making the most of of that time? So, um, yeah, that quote really means a lot to me to go beyond fear. Like when I feel a fear, I'm like, all right, girl, we're not going there today. <laughs> where are we trying to? Where are we trying to go? Uh, so uh, I have to really when those kinds of feelings come up, redirect myself to say, well, how am I dreaming? What is it that I really want to do? And um, not allow a paralyzing thought, and it's just a thought often, uh, allow a paralyzing thought to, to stop me from doing what I know is right or what's important or what's needed. Yeah. Hey, Jay, we have day jobs, but we ain't have stuff now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The young kids say, We ain't come to play now. Listen, what y'all learned at cold water? I'm telling you, we we ready. All right. <laughs> look, look, that's that's going back to uh you know the church background. It was chapel based chapel. Like you gotta study to show yourself approved. So <laughs> that's all church dangerous though. Included all this <laughs> he left us out, huh? That's a good book. That's where he left us out. <laughs> where he left us out. Oh, look, look, look. Since, since we there, so she, she was talking about fear, and I heard uh, somebody say the other day that fear is believing in the enemy's plan um, over God's plan for your life, and like, it, it just really kind of uh, stuck with me. So y'all boys take that and, and marinate it. Eric, don't be out here. So in other words, just have faith. That's what you're saying. Uh, yeah. <laughs> just have faith. Okay, I got you. I got you. Somebody, come on. Hey, hey, you know, you got to make it plain for me, man. Make it plain. Somebody come on here every week preaching, and I'm okay with that. It is Wednesday night, man. In times like these, man. It's Wednesday night, and it's Holy Week. Yeah. 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 <laughs> untie, your, untie yourself, Eric. Hey, I swear. <laughs> It's that, we still hanging off that shirt. This whole episode. I ain't saying nothing, my brother. Hey, hey, Jay, let's move on. We ain't got time to play around. <laughs> hey, so look, so um, <laughs> so uh, so <laughs> man, so crazy. So, Jay, some institutions and states are trying to um implement or do away with critical race theory all right so in your opinion 
um, how important it is to keep critical race theory in the school systems and in the educational trade versus taking it out. It's history. It's part of history. And similar to what you just mentioned about the inclusion on history, politics, and race, and um, race, I think this plays a part too, right? Absolutely, it does. I'm just thinking about we learned so much in at school. Uh, I'm thinking about Coach Stone uh, when we did the. Uh, we learned Invictus, like poems that we were able to kind of commit to memory. I could probably still recite it. Out of the Not, <laughs> Yeah, go ahead. Pole. Shout out yeah. to you. <laughs> that was good. <laughs> that's, that's stuff that we were able to commit to memory. And I feel like that was good, Jermaine. Let's see. I think whatever God's may be. For my uncomfortable soul. Hey, hey, yeah. Hey, what, what was that assignment that he gave y'all when, when, when they turned between first and second wing into higher learning? What was that assignment y'all had? No, I don't think that was up. Was that? I don't know. Yeah, y'all know. played. When the boys got <laughs> what, what part of higher learning? You know what part? <laughs> when Remy got a head beat in. <laughs> oh, man. I forgot about that. Let's move on. We'll talk about it later. Okay, yeah. Yeah, we'll... we'll uh -huh. I thought you were serious. I am. <laughs> I am. Really serious. Oh, man. I was still at the elementary school. I don't know what y'all talking about. <sighs> oh, man. <laughs> but... All of that to say, uh, <laughs> yeah, it's important. It's very important. Uh, I feel like uh, I've been working on this edited collection. Um, it's called Black in America. Um, and actually, it's the second edition uh, that's hopefully coming out in, the, in January. And it's really like this collection of stories written by or about people uh, who are Black or African-American telling the stories of like how we are or how we've been able to uh, maneuver in, in this country. And so we are American history. Like we're a huge part of American history. Like I'm just thinking about all the, from the military, like Navy and army, like we have been a part of those narratives since the jump. Um, same thing for education and, um, when you think about the red light, right? The um, filament in the uh, in the um, light bulb, light bulb, light bulb, right? All of these things, uh, even our cell phones, like the technology that we're using to even broadcast today, was created by a, a black woman, right? So when we're thinking about like all the things that black people have provided, I think it makes it harder if we know those things it makes it harder for uh, hate to happen. Cause it's like, oh, well, you know, if these people have been a part of the makeup of what I know it, uh, is reality, then how can I be like, how can I be mean to them or hard on them in some way? So I think it's very important for us to continue to kind of have black history um, throughout the year so that we can make sure that people know the contributions of black people um, yeah, because we we've been here. We about it, and we we're gonna continue to be about it. Yep, that's facts. 
So I learned about uh, the Institute of Electrical Engin Electrical and Electronics Engineering in the Army. I was in a, a fiber optics course sponsored by them. Nice. And then uh, also supervised some guys for general dynamics, doing some projects in Afghanistan uh, when I was doing project management uh, and doing that supervision in order for the company that I was supervising to take over the project, they had to meet the standards that was published by I3E. And so I'm familiar with some of the things they do, some of the things uh, that they provide. So I said all that to say, like, how are you able to, to link up with them for your article to be published within their publication? Or if, if it indeed was an article or if it was more than, please elaborate on that. Mm -hmm. um, so it was uh, two articles, actually, that I got a chance to co-write with a, a few people. And those articles are about the very thing we're talking about, um, thinking about social consciousness in a place like I3E. So how can people um, be better stewards of the language that they're using to make better documents or better um, ways to communicate with a multitude of people? So um, that's, that's how I got into the, the space. And um, one of the things about English is that it is so vast and I feel like it's so, like it's in everything. Writing is in everything. And so... Um, I chose to go the route of, while, while I'm very much interested in, in literature and love literature, um, I chose to go the route of writing because it seemed more, um, with teaching, um, more of, I was able to kind of get into the community and like actually see what people were doing, especially with um, IEEE and um the Society for Technical Communication, Technical Communication Quarterly. Like these are people who are in industry and they're like making like- Cutting edge. Yeah, it's cutting edge stuff. And so I found that it was like kind of exciting for me to be in that, that arena where I'm like, okay, let me see. Uh, oh, I can like help a student like figure out, okay, well, if you don't want to go to be a teacher, maybe you can think about going into- uh, writing for this medical company or you can go to um, consider maybe um, what it might be like to write for um, the Navy, right? So we're thinking about multiple ways that writing manifests itself in, in a lot of in a lot of ways. Yeah. So that's how I kind of got connected with that. Cool, cool. <clears throat> so Jay, before we jump into what's next, um, just going to share a few pictures of them. Because, oh goodness! Uh, I typically do this, or we typically do this as we're talking. Okay. <laughs> but um, but I just wanted to share a piece of Jay because I know this this last one you gonna you gonna be talking about this last one. <laughs> uh oh. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> you gonna be talking about this last one? So you oh. you talk, you're talking a lot about family. <laughs> and, uh, you you and Jess say you know we we I'm not gonna say drill you, but we ask you a lot of questions about you know. Your upbringing, your household, um, you know, family, and all that. So, um, you know, what's next? Like, one of the biggest pieces here is that you know your dad was a mayor of Coldwater uh, twice. Um, so, I guess my next question is: Are you looking forward to going into politics at any point? And if so, what would that look like for you? Oh my goodness! So. <laughs> I have not thought about going into politics at all, 
But I have thought about what it might look like for um, community building and um, leadership in that in that regard. So um, for me, especially since all of us are sort of away from cold water, I've been thinking about uh, what what does it look like now as alumni for us to give back in ways that will in some ways take or make up for um, what's to come for us uh, with our high school and everything. Like how can we, what, what can we really do? And so I, um, I'm hoping to connect more, um, to go back to, to my roots, to think about community and actually uh, reach out <laughs> and talk with people about what might be best practices to, to actually do some things because now, um, I feel ready to to take a leadership role in that way. I don't know if it'll be politics necessarily, but I definitely feel um, primed to take on leadership roles to help to um, to help us. I mean, we're family. Uh, I consider all of you <laughs> family, um, and I feel like what family does is there they're able to talk to each other and, and create things and help things to grow. So I am hoping that we can have more conversations to, um, to make things, uh, I don't want to sound cliche, but make the world a better place uh, in some ways, but make it something that we're in, in proud of uh, in some way. So, um, and as we get older and as we watch our community change, I think it's going to be imperative that we do something so that we have a legacy that is um, able to stand the, the test of time. Yeah, I definitely agree. Um, and that's, you know, that's part of what we're trying to do with this platform is just trying to see how we can create conversations and, you know, help our people, you know, tell their stories. Um, okay. in, in saying that, um, you mentioned before we, uh, started the show that you had a few things that you possibly wanted to uh, talk to us about. So the, uh, the floor is yours. Oh yeah. So I definitely uh, wanted to know a little bit about uh, since you, this is episode 15, uh, which means you all like kind of are veterans uh, <laughs> now. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> We have a we have a true veteran on the show, but I don't know. If not quite true. podcast. Not quite. You get that this kind of Applebee's, don't you? Not. <laughs> Damn. Reunion Applebee's. <laughs> yeah, go go ahead, Jessica. Yeah, I'm I'm saying reunion Applebee's. That sounds good. Discount, okay. We can do that. <laughs> um, I want to know how you how you all feel about what it is that you've been able to do. I I haven't had a chance to watch all of the episodes, but the ones that I have have been really well received. They have lots of viewers. Um, so how are you all feeling about what you've been able to do uh, so far? Um, what is it? What are, what are what are your thoughts? Which one of y'all want to jump in first? I, I go first. Since Mac, I'll go first. Obviously, you want to go first. <laughs> You want to go first, Nick? No, go ahead. All right. So, um, honestly, Jay, I feel like we are accomplishing what we're setting out to do. 
So when we first kicked this off, we really didn't have a vision plan on what we wanted it to look like. But what we did know is we wanted to highlight people from Coldwater and people from around Coldwater or have affiliations with Coldwater. <clears throat> and ultimately, we are bringing people together. Even though some people think we're trying to divide people, but we're bringing people together. You know, um, yeah. you know, we, we've talked to and we've heard heard from and heard about people who I hadn't seen in 10 or 15 years. Um, you know, we've, we've highlighted people who like, <laughs> I hadn't, hadn't seen each other since what high school. And, you know, I don't say how many years ago that was, but, you know, it's like like we saw each other yesterday. You know what I'm saying? So and, and it's not about just people in our age range. You know, we, we highlighted Anthony Davis and Ken Eccles and Meech and those guys from Davis Barbershop, you know. Um, oh, yeah, talked, that was cool. Um, we talked to Dr. Cedric Jackson about mental health awareness around the holidays. So we're trying to make it relevant to the viewers, and we're trying to expand on the viewers because ultimately, yeah, we're highlighting cold water right now, but it's not just about cold water. You know, it's not just about cold water. It's about our community, you know, in general. You know, uh, wherever you may be, if, if somebody, Max, Max in Texas, you know, if it was just about cold water and just about people in cold water, Matt probably be like, man, you know, forget this, whatever. But our hearts are near and dear to what we're trying to accomplish. We want to be relevant. We want to talk about things that matter, um, things that don't make sense, like the school closing. You know, those things should be addressed and talked about. And, and we and we still have leaders who haven't come on to talk about that. And it's not that we're trying to bash anybody, but we just want to know because the more we're informed, the better we are as a people. You know, and and, and I'm, I'm I hate to say this, but the dumbest slave is the one that didn't ask, didn't, didn't ask questions, you know. So um, I'll just leave it at that. But I think we're we're doing what we're set out to do. That's what's up. I like that answer. And you made me think about uh, something, uh, Eve. I have to get used to Eve. I have to <laughs> you made me think about something. Um, there's this quote that says um, there are people who make things happen, there are people who watch things happen, and then there are people who wonder what happened. Uh-huh. And so it's like, we don't want to be the <laughs> the latter, at least not all the time. You don't want to always be wondering what happened. But I think what it is that you're doing with this uh, platform is actually making moves. And that is an important thing for our generation, and especially the generation below us to see um, because one of the things that I feel like is needed, and I'm hoping uh, maybe we can also talk about this a little more too, is um, more models in our age bracket to um, help encourage people and so they can see what the possibilities are for them beyond um, now. Because there's so many of us doing so, such great things. So I mm-hmm. appreciate what you all are doing with the, with the platform for sure. Yeah. yeah. Thank you. I feel like that's part of the reason, like Eric stated earlier, uh, first, um, before I get started, I wouldn't just be like, forget cold water first. Exactly. Go on. Go on. That was an example. <laughs> you would take examples and run with them. Yeah, so yeah you're right. Just, just to clarify. Uh, but, um, yeah, we didn't have a plan. It was just an idea that Jordan had. And, you know, rather than sit on it for months or a year, we was like, let's do it. And uh, in doing so, I think chosen to highlight people 
uh, shed light on things that's going on in the community and then also uh, come up with the the plan to expose like earlier you talked about your exposure as a kid and how they open your eyes to uh, different things and open path provide pathways for you to kind of establish what it was that you wanted to do or at least be exposed to other things to open your eyes to the world a bit more and so uh, just two weeks ago, like we had Jeff Mabry on, um, which mm-hmm. is a, he's a FedEx pilot. And so uh, he talked about some of the programs they offer as FedEx, some of the flight programs that's around uh, Isla Branch in Memphis and also other programs that's offered. And so I never knew about a flight program growing up. And so like things like that provide kids with the opportunity to be able to get out and go uh just provide them with different opportunities to see and do things that they may have not even heard of, even, Mm -hmm. even the parents. So they might hear their child talk about being a pilot or know that their kid is interested in planes or taking flights or whatever the case. And they, maybe their kid don't watch the show. Maybe they could, maybe they watch the show. They could take the information back to their child and provide them with something simply based off the exposure due to the conversations we're having. So I feel like that's one of the things we're providing um, to the community to be able to to help expose them to different things and then also shed light on history and, and what's being done. Uh, like earlier, you mentioned the cross being burned in your yard in the 90s. So things like that, like the history. Uh, we learn about the history of Davis Barbershop and how like they had the only black on the only the black only restroom right. for a period of time. Mm-hmm. Uh, I didn't know that and how the other like you had to enter through the back of carpet cut all of these things that like our generation probably knew nothing about um, but the people before us did so like we're learning all of this stuff through dialogue and then uh, I, I just feel like the information if we don't we're bridging the gap that if we don't do it the stories are, are fall by the wayside so I just yeah. I'm happy to be able to do that. And, and I look forward to doing it. Even like sometimes, I don't know, it's work as well. People think like, like we have jobs, we have families and you got to deal with, you have to deal with people as well and their attitudes and, and the stuff that they say about you behind your back. Like yeah. we, we got attitudes too. So yeah. don't forget that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's uh, I'll leave it at that, yo. It's it's yeah. been cool, it's interesting, and uh, you know, we're looking forward to get better. To uh, yeah, just to kind of echo what they said, yeah. I mean, it's it's been um, everything that I I ever dreamed it could be. Um, and uh, I guess it's kind of simple, uh, for me, like just connecting passion, purpose, and people. And, uh, you know, um, any day that I can, I can do that, you know, um, so studied journalism at Ole Miss and, you know, just always wanted to find kind of carve my own, you know, niche, um, with media. Um, I've always been around music or video in or, you know, stuff like that. So, um, and then just, just feeling like wanting to, um, connect people, um, in a, in a different way. And I feel like, you know, um, podcasting came, um, I guess, to light during COVID, um, so to speak. You know, it's been around, but I feel like it really kind of took off. Um, And I just feel like, you know, this was something that I saw myself 
it was a lane I just I've always seen myself in and then uh just you know branching out and talking to Eric Eric and I formed a friendship you know over the last couple of years me and Mac have always kind of you know stayed in touch and uh just wanted to put something together and it was no better place uh to start or no other place to start other than um from from cold water so um it's just uh I can't be more happy um, about the results that we're getting. That's what's up. I love that. I love that. And I I could imagine you facing criticism. I think with anything, uh, you face some type of obstacle or some type of what what they call naysayers. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah, it's good that you're pushing past that. I think that's that's what it's about. Um, and that's how that's how leaders are are born or they continue. Um, they can't allow the noise uh, to keep them from doing things. So yeah, I love that. Yep. Doing that. <laughs> hey Jay, on, on that note, let me um make sure we shout out um Tony Sandridge, Glenn, Mayor Glenn Billingsley, Wayne Hayes, George Jeffers, George Collins, um, Pastor Phyllis Sanford, and anybody else who I may have missed. So they actually took a trip down to Silver City today to take donations down to the uh tornado victims. Uh, and Silver City, for you guys that don't know, uh, is right outside of Rolling Fork. So we've been hearing a lot about Rolling Fork, but a lot of people don't know what Silver City is. Uh, but it's the town right outside. So it would be the, the Arkham Butler to Cold Water. So they, they, they were hit just as hard as Rolling Fork was hit. And people down there don't have anything. So to my point earlier about um, it being about more than just Cold Water, that, that's kind of what I meant. Because, you know, you go three hours out of the way to help uh, a like community. Uh, in a time of need. So that's what it's all about, you know, bringing, bringing communities together, bringing people together. But uh, shout out to them for going outside of their daily lives and their daily duties to make sure that people down there got what they need. And not only them, but the people who donated and gave to uh, out of Take County, out of Cold Water to support this, this uh, cause. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's definitely right. Services is everything. And I think that, that comes again from us being a community. We're thinking about, well, what if it was us? Right. Um, yeah, we would want people to, to be as uh, hospitable to us as well. So definitely. Yeah, anything else for us? Uh, just when we were having this reunion, this joint reunion. <laughs> hey, hey, let's, hey. We got some fillers out there. And, uh, we got to start the planning committee. Yeah, yeah. Before, yeah, before I start planning anything, I got to make sure I get this family trip planned before my family wear me out. I told them two months ago we're gonna do a family trip this summer. <laughs> we, we, ain't oh, step, we ain't got to step one yet, so uh, this summer gonna be probably late July, but we're gonna get there. <laughs> yeah, you gotta good. do that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Gotta do that. Well, I hope I hope I get to see you all in person uh, soon. I it has been a long time, so. Um, that joint reunion does make it seem like okay, there's something there to like okay, yeah. To make sure to see everybody, but I do think uh, yeah, this platform it definitely makes me think about um, yeah, what does it look like for us to continue to work as collaboratively um, to get things done? So I'm looking forward to um, maybe a new partnership with you all. Uh, I can imagine internship podcast internships and all kinds of things for young people. Uh, Wait, wait. 
for y'all. So, <laughs> so I'll be in touch about that. Um, I think it's a nice opportunity to, to again, give back and teach. And so, um, so yeah, I'll, I'll be in touch. So, so I do have, I have, I do have another question for you though. Before we talk. Oh, okay. <laughs> uh, it, it's, um, in regard to the uh, school situation in Coldwater. So okay. I know you, you have an educational background. I don't know how much um, exposure you've had to like charter schools or anything like that. Um, but what what what's your opinion on like a charter school or something like that once they close the high school down? I'm not talking next year. I'm talking maybe five, ten years from now. So let's say we kick off this reunion type deal and we start to have banquets and we're raising money to try to bring the community back together and all that. Okay. That's kind of what I'm talking about. You know, we had yeah. we had Brenda Jones on here not too long ago. Yeah, she man, you he was gonna say something about a banquet. Yep, that's what yeah. <laughs> I'm talking about the money part though. I ain't talking about the <laughs> oh, <laughs> go ahead, Jay. You got disregard though. They selling plates and everything. <laughs> they talk about the plates. I'm talking about the I'm talking about the money and stuff. <laughs> Well, I do. I do think we'll have to do something. This is our community. Uh, it is. These are our people. Um, and if we don't do anything, then uh, what happens? Like we allow somebody else to come in to define who we are. And so, I think that if that's something that, as a collective, we want, I I don't see why that would would be out of the realm of possibility. I actually really think uh, for charter schools. Um, private schools that that could be I mean we have one in the county already we have a, a sort of model uh, to go by there they exist in our space is what I'm getting to so it's not not uh, wrong and oh yeah okay just as mentioned in the uh, coal ink <laughs> so um, that organization which is Miss um, Carolyn Daniels and uh, my mom and dad and Mr. Crowther. Oh, did did I mention Mr. Crowther? Oh my gosh, you did, Mr. And Mr. Crowther. Um, yeah, that organization does a lot of work uh, to put on summer programs already and do like enrichment programs. So I think uh, maybe partnering with them, getting connected to to that organization too, uh, just bringing people together, I think could serve us really well. Um, so no, I don't think it's out of the realm of possibility at all. So we'll we'll close out with this. I don't know if he if he's watching tonight. I, I would hope he is. Doctor Dr. Edwards, we would the other Dr. Edwards, Mr. Jesse Edwards, we would love <laughs> to have you on the show. So just if you can get that message to him, we would definitely appreciate it. Hey, 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 okay. hey, tell my ears said basketball season nowhere now. <laughs> 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 See, it's been geared up for football now. <laughs> but yeah, uh, you know, just short of uh, two hours. So, loved having you on. Um, definitely learned a lot tonight. And uh, we'll let Matt close us out. Okay. Uh, yeah. uh, we definitely appreciate having you on. We appreciate you taking the time sitting and talk with us we appreciate the knowledge the jewels you dropped um just the exposure um even just the juice of letting young people know sometimes it's as simple as an email 
uh, the opportunity some oftentimes on the other side of an email so don't be afraid to send those emails so just thank you thank you thank you uh looking forward to continue working with you um and uh yeah with that until next time uh, we appreciate you and look forward to talking to you again uh sooner than later thank you all thank you my classmate and my schoolmates uh, it was great being on and i love you all and look forward to continuing a, a healthy partnership so love you too thank you jay yeah. all right peace sticks and stone may break my Thanks, bones everybody. words we never hurt us peace Drop the ice cubes in my drink In the car with the seatbelt on But the straps on me, not a restraint Keep the money coming like the complaints Ten toes out the elbows From the ground with it like I'm doing a plank No limit, I belong in the tank Responsibility, come with the rank Behind bars, I've been locked in Like I'm locked in and I'm holding shame I'll fall out before I fall off You better off, wait, know me to faint Yeah, I'm an artist, but if I had to spray something Believe me, it ain't gonna be paint Walking this bitch like a saint And I'm walking in the saints Try to play me like a prank Pistol on my right flank I gave you mother of a twist and I got a f-